Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy's with us in studio for today for a bit of a follow-up show. In the first part, we're going to give you some feedback on a couple of cases that we've been talking about the last few weeks, and then we'll make space for some open line calls. So if you have got a consumer issue you'd like to raise, perhaps you've had a Black Friday fail you'd like to talk about, or let, want some advice on how to proceed, you're welcome to call in on 0214460567 or send a voice note to 0725671567. Wendy, I hope your inbox isn't full of Black Friday fails. A few, actually. Okay. Um, Vodacom, one in particular, I've had a lot about some uh, PlayStation okay. specials and people. I mean, it happens every year, but this, yeah. this has been a lot where people say, you know, they they put the, these things in their basket at the stroke of midnight or whatever, oh, and right. and they've heard that others who went shopping later got them. So there's a lot of unhappiness about about that. Um, so those sorts of things. Um, it's too early for the. A failed delivery promise to right. happen. Okay. Um, so I think in some cases, if retailers, e-retailers weren't um, honest enough about delivery times, taking into account the port delays and all yes. of that, which obviously are having an impact, then I suspect, uh, I strongly um, anticipate um, those emails coming those through. Will be further down, but nothing yeah. really out of the ordinary I mean 10 years ago when we were covering these things it was about I think as we said last week sites collapsing yes take a lot notably for a few years they kept building capacity and the next year turnover would double and they still couldn't keep and up and I'm, yes. I'm going to be looking obviously at turnover figures the credit card companies and take a lot of that. I don't know if they're still doing it but they, they used to talk about uh, the turnover uh, that they experienced so uh, those sort of things are still coming. But, yeah, if anyone's um, had any Black Friday issues and they haven't approached us, me yet, or you, Pippa, it would be good to hear from them via phone or voice note or something. Okay, but before we get to that, uh, let's start with a couple of updates on recent cases. Now, a couple of weeks back, our listener Michelle told us how a Capitec ATM had swallowed her bank card. Mm. And it was for no apparent reason. She hadn't put in the wrong pin or done anything wrong. The machine simply swallowed her card. And Michelle relayed to us how the bank had charged to 70 rand to replace it and when she queried that she was told sorry that's the policy the customer pays she didn't think it was fair which is why she wrote to us she did pay the amount because she had to be able to keep on transacting right. but then wrote to us asking what we thought and as we already reported last week Wendy did take it up with Capitec and Michelle confirmed to us she's been refunded that 70 rand but she rightly pointed out that only helps her it doesn't help anybody else who might fall victim to an ATM malfunction so Wendy you didn't leave it there did you? No it turned into a Roger, rather large <laughs> query project. yes yeah. so I did push Capitec on their policy um, because it wasn't just about making an exception for Michelle as we've said and then I canvassed the other major banks to find out what their fees are in general for the the so-called swallowed or retained card issue and as you'll hear there was quite a big variance in fees and also in their approach to refunding clients when an ATM wouldn't spit out their card because I mean that's not your typical scenario your typical yeah. is a lost or stolen card and quite rightly when people um, have their card swallowed and they believe that they had nothing to do with that then they, they do push back when told they would have to pay the replacement yeah. fee so so let's talk about firstly what Capitec came back to me on and it was quite satisfying I have to say 
Um, on the rare occasion that an ATM doesn't dispense the card and it is at or near a branch, our branch employees are able to retrieve it and give it back to the client. But if the ATM the client used was an off-site ATM, meaning it wasn't near a branch, um, the branch employees, uh, which was in this case, mm-hmm. uh, the branch employees follow the process to cancel and repla- replace the card. And that's what happened in Michelle's case, only she was charged 70 rand for it. Um, Capitec says our ATMs are not configured to retain cards. Well, one would think not. Yeah. The most likely scenario when a card is retained is when the client takes too long to remove the card after completing a transaction, and that would be to protect them from, from their okay. card landing up in the wrong hands, I assume. Uh, we realize that this can be inconvenient, and we've refunded our client with sincerest apologies. Um, and then the good part. We have implemented a process to refund clients to mitigate these experiences in future. And I think that's corporate speak for they're not going to charge in, fu- in future if someone's card is swallowed. So, Michelle, well done that's for exactly pushing Exactly what back. I wanted to say. Thank you so much because you've made See the See what change. you've done. Look yes, they thought about it. And they realized that actually it wasn't fair what was being implemented. So there we go. Michelle, thank you for taking, firstly, taking the time to raise it with us. And secondly, not just taking the personal win, yes. but pushing back for, for the bigger picture here, which is what's finally happened. Okay, so Capitax saying we acknowledge the policy needed to change. So we're not going to charge customers for an ATM swallow going forward. What about the other banks? Wendy, okay. I'm intrigued to hear what they say. Yes, listen to the fee range as well. Mm. They seem to be either under 100 or quite a lot over 100. So Capitax was... Um, 70 rand in cases where they in future feel that it was um, warranted, okay. uh, st- lost or stolen. FNB, their replacement card fee is currently 150 rand yep. across f- from Aspire to their private wealth plans. But if a replacement card is required due to the fault of FNB or due to a fraudulent event, a fraudulent event, the replacement fee will be waived or the customer will be refunded accordingly, depending on the channel in which the event is reported. Okay, so you break your card in half or drop it in the water while stand-up paddleboarding, you pay 150 rand. But if their ATM swallows your card for no fault of your own, they're not going to charge you yeah. for it. Okay? That's but 170 F&B. rand is quite... 150. 50 rand, rather. It's pretty steep. When you think it's a piece of plastic, maybe they'll mm-hmm. give a whole story about the admin and everything else. But it is, I mean, that piece of plastic costs them cents. That's pretty steep. Yeah. <laughs> that's my bank, which is why I'm saying that's pretty uh, steep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're um, not alone in that. And in fact, they're not even the most expensive, uh, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. We'll get to. So we've so far got 70 Rand and 150 Rand. Apsis is 70 Rand. Okay. Like Capitec. But there are some exceptions. Youth and students don't pay this fee, and APSA customers don't pay to replace an expired card either. About retained card, it's important to note that ATMs retain cards for several reasons, including incorrect PIN being entered or the card may have expired. Cards retained under are retained under these circumstances to protect customers from potential fraud. If cards are retained due to technical issues, and or power supply interruptions at APSA ATMs where a UPS device, uninterrupted power service device, has not been installed. Uh, and they say that this is a deployment that's currently underway to deal with load shedding. The bank will refund the card replacement fee for APSA customers. I suspect what happens is it's just automatically charged. And then if you push back, so here's It'll the thing, fund. push back yeah. if it wasn't your fault push back. Standard Bank 160 Rand. Oh. Okay. So that's more expensive than APSA even. I think this is the most expensive one if I'm not mistaken. Um, the change, the charge is waived though in certain instances depending on the nature of the issue 
Sometimes, for example, it's waived in the case of a stolen card, where the ATM has swallowed the card and upon investigation and determination that the card has in fact been swallowed, the replacement charge will be waived, be it at a standard bank ATM or another bank's ATM, because okay. I asked them to differentiate. Yeah. You know, so that's good. I think that's fair. I mean, 150, 160 is high, but if, if it's the, not, if your, fault, you if it's not your fault, and that did happen to me once. Um I was transacting in an ATM and one of those trucks arrived to refill with cash and didn't bother, you know, and they Checking go to the back. Because I, I remember seeing the truck pulling up behind and obviously didn't check. And in the middle of my transaction, they opened the back and then my card was retained. And that's a schlep. I think they should actually pay you in <laughs> convenience. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but that was definitely not. And they didn't, there was no, I mean, I didn't get any compensation, but there was no suggestion that I was going to pay for that replacement card. On to Nedbank, also high, 150 rand for lost, stolen or damaged cards. But we don't charge this fee as a result if the cards are, are retained uh, by ATMs. Um, they're only charged on accounts where applicable. There are some accounts, obviously the more expensive ones, where um, the more high-earning people, where you, you don't pay for your replacement card. And for anyone, if if it's lost and stolen, we're not talking about swallowed cards here because you don't pay the fee, but you, if you need to replace the card for other reasons, you can go to the self-service kiosk and pay 75 rand instead of... If you do it yourself. 150 okay. rand. So a lot of complexity in this. And it's not the kind of thing I think that somebody would base their choice of bank on. But it is interesting because it does give you a little dipstick on where where the fees are higher yeah, and, and what, what you're what paying for. what they think about you as clients, I think, mm. really, especially in the case of um, swallowed cards, which brings me to African Bank. Card replacement fee, 75 rand, so on the, uh, the lower end. If the card can be salvaged from the ATM, there's no cost. If not... There's a fee of 175 rand, and no, this fee isn't waived because the card generally gets swallowed in instances of customer negligence or wrong PIN number entered. Well, there are other instances, and I would say if you're an African bank customer and... Push back. Push back. Mm. Goodness sake. It's not fair. I'm sitting here digesting the 150 rand replacement fee from my bank, Wendy, and it's occurred to me that I would be prepared to pay double if they could promise me that I never, ever again had to interact with their career of choice oh. in delivering said card. Um, they go one, through all the security checks in a bad way? I or? have just in every single time I've had, uh, and I'll name and shame because I've talked about it on air, CCD Couriers, the, the inability to connect and communicate with the client about the time the card oh. is being dropped off and who needs to be there and, and when what you're documentation working, is needed. And it's a nightmare every single okay. time. Um, Listen and, and take note. If so indeed. that 150 rand is money that I pay <laughs> with, with not only grinding my teeth at the fact that it's on the higher end of the charges, but in the knowledge that it's also going to subject me to forcing me into relationship to that company again that has been misfired every time I can say, I mean, and I've been their customer for, for 30 years. Mm. And uh, yeah, okay. anyway. I wonder okay. if any other listeners had <laughs> I wonder if I'm alone experience. in that. I suspect probably not, but there we go. Okay, Wendy, thanks for doing the research for us. So the bottom line is most of these banks claim to have a structure that allows for, it was an accident. It wasn't a, if, look, if you typed in the wrong pin and the machine swallows your card, that's different. That's a, an error, yes. and it's a process that's in place. And then to I don't think you're going to security. push back. Yeah, but if you were quite load shedding, casually conducting your business, having done nothing wrong, and whoops, sorry, the machine malfunctioned and your card is gone. 
don't just accept that you have to pay to get yes, it back. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to just give, as a as a media professional, I want to give a one one kudos to F and B because I sent the identical email out to all of them, and uh, F and B was the first to respond like so quickly okay, with all the information, that. and that just uh, it counts a lot for someone like me because we you rely depend, on responses, on and it was super yeah. quick. So thank you. Okay, thank you for, for that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it helps our listeners, but I just thought credit where it's due. Okay. Right, let's move on to an update on a telecom, uh, and it's a telecom email case. Really, usually when I see telecom, it's usually to do with disconnected phones and cancellation yes. fees. But this is a telecom email issue. Our listener, Teresa, wrote in in absolute despair. She said, last Tuesday, I found out from one of the companies I work for that my email address had been hacked. The person who hacked it was trying to email all of my providers to change bank details on my invoices and change the invoice amount as well. Luckily for me, someone contacted me before they made any changes to alert me. And Wendy, Lucky unfortunately, per- this yes. is a quite common form. And of I wanted to use, because people might think, well, how relevant is this? We like to use cases that have lots of relevance for, for our listeners. But this is called business email compromise, BEC. It is rife. And the the... the Lesson out of this, one of them, as this could have ended up very badly for Teresa and and the person that she sends invoices to if they hadn't taken the advice that's been given by everyone. And that is, if you are sent an invoice via email, just assume it's fraudulent. That Just assume that the, an email account has been hacked, someone's intercepted that email containing the invoice, and um, done a bit of photoshopping on the invoice to exchange the, in this case, Teresa's banking details as the service provider with theirs. So then the client or you pay the service provider, you think, but you're paying the fraudster. But mm. now the service provider still wants their money. So, yeah. you know, that's causing all sorts of drama. And the only way around it is what Teresa's clients did uh, in this case, fortunately, is to phone her and check and not to phone the number on that's the on the invoice that could have been fraudulently altered, right? So especially if the fortunes are clear, they might send it on a Friday afternoon and you're in the weekend doing your admin. You can't phone the company and check. Yes. So you just think, oh, it's, of course it's fine. I'm not, don't. Wait till the Monday and make that call. All companies will be grateful. They're not going to... Um, be irritated that you are checking. Yeah. Um, so I just want to use this case to really mention BEC business email compromise again and how uh, it's you know it, it potentially. I know someone that caught by it, got caught by it three times. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yes. Anyway, but okay. now Teresa's left with the situation. Yeah, I mean, shame. She was really trying hard to get to the bottom of you know the source of the problem, mm. and she said her husband had been trying for a week to try and find out what had happened. They both had telecom yeah. account. Yeah. And she said one of the telecom agents told her, your telecom account has been closed since April. And I mean, she said to, you, to us, I'm mailing you from that account as we speak. I've yes. been using it with no problems. Yes. It isn't closed. But they couldn't seem to do anything because on their side, the system was somehow reflecting that that account is officially closed. Uh, she said, we were advised by the fraud hotline to email support at telcomsa.net, but I'm at my wits end. This hacker is using my email address 
accessing personal information from my account. I've got many saved emails and documents sitting there. At please, can you advise what we should do here? Wendy, you did take up the case. I did. I actually what responded happened? to Teresa first of all to say I'm not. Res- I responded to her via her husband's address because yes. I didn't want the fraudster reading what Your I was input. doing. Yes, oh, clever thinking. So um, yes, I sent it end of last week. And the next thing, I think it was Sunday evening, I got an email from Teresa to say, Craig and I just wish to thank you so much for passing on our issue to Telcom. The very next day, Craig was called in by someone who spent a few days troubleshooting the issue. The problem was finally settled and closed on Friday afternoon. So they had a, she had a good weekend. And then I went to my contact to say, thank you for sorting this out. And he said, oh, yes, uh, you know, pleasure. And ple- we really do apologize for the inconvenience, but you know, I don't like that line. But apologies are apologies, and I'm glad that was sorted out. Um, as I say, I do have a wonderful media media liaison contact at Telcom who really does speedily sort things out, and I'm very grateful to him. Thank you for that. And Teresa, I'm so glad that it's it's finally been resolved. Now, uh, Jane messaging to say, uh, I might have joined the conversation later about the lost card fees, but did Wendy mention Investec? She didn't. I didn't get to invest. But I've done a quick Google and I'm just trying to see if I can find the lost card fee replacement on that. I found their list of fees. So what I'll do is uh, have a look during the headlines. But they don't, well, they won't give the, well, I'll be a surprise if they have as much nuance as to say if it's not your fault fault, then we won't charge it to you but But sorry I should have checked Investec as well I'll see if I can find the answer they are among the the smaller bank to the eyewitness news well I'm not alone I can tell you Anonymous saying CCD couriers are the absolute worst I choose to collect my card from the bank branch in an effort to avoid having to deal with this inept courier but alas my bank has waived card delivery fees and still uses CCD couriers it took me three attempts to finally get my bank card on the uh, the last try that's been my experience every time for roughly the last 10 years so okay. I can relate um, okay well, so you can't even now go into the bank to collect it is that well, if I'm understanding that message correctly it sounds like it <sighs> I know they've been the, they're the sort of most digital bank that, well they they were traditionally um, and they were pushing incentivizing people I think at, at one stage if I'm not mistaken they were the one bank which charged you if you went into the bank but not if you if they delivered it to you for that, that reason that is yeah. I think that was the case so they really really don't want you to, to go into go the into bank a branch. Yes. they really really so want you, you to deal well, with well I'm the going career, to the F&B Media um, end of your media lunch um, in their big shiny building just around the corner okay. in the coming weeks and I'll be sure to mention that and let's yes. see what feedback we thank get thank you I'd be interested to hear their thoughts on, on the current service level being offered by their career of choice. Okay. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call now on 021-446-0567. Right, Jane in Durbanville. I did a quick Google on the Investec site while we were listening to the news and um, lost card replacement and local deliveries. Okay, you pay lost card protection as part of your whatever banking fees for the month. And it would appear, if I'm reading this correctly, extra card activation fee. Uh, there's no once-off activation fee if you want more than one card. To replace a lost card, replacement is included in the fee package unless it's more than once in a two-year that's cycle. That's a good system. I think that's smart as well because mm. it's unlikely that you can have more than one One would hope. technical malfunction. Oh, thing. yes, true. But... Um, it, it does put the onus on you to take good care of your card and make sure it doesn't yes. cut in half, etc. Um, or, or lost. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay, so, and, and lost, yeah, let me just see the, f- 
the activation fee for an extra card is 235 Rand, but I'm not sure. Wow. Um, that would for, take that's the for an additional card, oh, though, I so see. it might not be the same. Still. Uh, I'm not seeing any reference to the, the, the last card fee within that. Okay. Um, before we give our next piece of listener feedback, um, a couple more questions coming, uh, comments coming through about cards. And then there is a compliment to share, which is very nice to have, as well as a listener voice note about Black Friday. Let's start, though, with the cards. Anonymous saying the security guys should be able to retrieve your card if it gets swallowed. My foreign card was swallowed and I called the ATM, uh, the ATM's bank. Security came and I described the card, showed them my ID and they gave me back the swallowed card. I think it should be possible for local card holders as well. If you are... Well, their one bank made the distinction of if they... If, if, if they outside the a branch, bank branch yes, or not. or near. But mm. if it's very remote, then there's this procedure. I think it was Capitec, actually, the main case, where okay. they make you go to a branch and do all of that. Somebody else saying, my bank cards get delivered to a locker outside the bank and you've got three days to collect. Otherwise, you pick up inside the bank. And this person finds that system very mm. convenient. Mm. Okay. As long as you're not queuing inside the bank, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um, the compliment. It's lovely to receive compliments as well as complaints because we do spend a lot of time on people who get it wrong. But how nice to be able to say that someone got it right. Sheila's mailed me to say... I do complain about products and services where necessary, but I am struggling to find a way to compliment Philips SA. I have a 40 to 45-year-old handheld food mixer, and I would like to tell them what a fabulous mixer it has been. It is heading for retirement soon, sadly, but it has served her well for more than four decades. She says, I did send a compliment on a Philips site, but it turned out to be an Indian site, not the South African one. Um, They obviously didn't read it because they replied sympathizing with me about my bad experience. (laughs) How funny. Okay. Wendy, do you know of a way I can contact Philips SA? Their site is not set up for a compliment. That's very sad. And uh, nor the Indian one by, by that account. That, that, I mean, I'm just <laughs> laughing at the sorry for your bad experience <laughs> of the appliance that lasted 40 years. Sheila, look, we have just run a giveaway campaign with Philips last week. So I know I have a salesperson in the building who will be able to get your email to them. And Wendy, it's an interesting point Sheila makes. We, I mean, we bemoan somebody who's not well set up to receive customer feedback from a negative perspective. But do you think all businesses well, think should, should have be, the opportunity to compliment well, them on the site as well? It's an odd one because most don't differentiate. They'll just say feedback or contact, yes. good or bad. This is how you get hold of us and share your experience or your concerns with us. So I don't. is it the case that they don't have any contact because surely she's our listener's not looking specifically for a button that says compliments. She's looking for anyway, any means of emailing them her good experience. Yeah. Uh, so that's a bit odd. Um, I think companies would just go with contact or feedback because they don't want to specifically have a little button that says <coughs> complaints, but mm-hmm. it's just good or bad, let us know. But yeah, that, it's... Uh, the fact that she couldn't find it is, is is very sad. I mean, you might it's, it might be a means of not getting any bad um, feedback, reviews, but feedback, but be sad if someone really, in a case like that, um, I mean, I wonder what she paid. I mean, the cost per use would be absolutely <laughs> oh, negligible. So, yeah. Sheila, look, I will, I will, I will go and chat to our uh, commercial manager and ask if we can get you um, the contact information for 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 Philips South Africa uh, that to help you redirect the the um, the email to them. Or if you'd like to send it to me to forward to them, I'm happy to do that. But I'm equally happy to send you a contact. Um, 
contact person an email that you can forward a full length response to. And yeah, I mean, that's bravo for an appliance to last that long. I wonder if it's such a rarity. I wonder yeah. how long the air fryers will last. I mean, they've cornered the market there. I think most of the air fryers sold are Philips, if I'm not mistaken. Look, there's, a, there's a, quite a big variety of brands out there with quite a big range of, pri- of price points. And Wendy, the Philips ones tend to be at the higher end of the pricing. Oh, okay. But they've got lots of additional features like the ones we gave away last week. I know had a see-through um, fronts that you can watch that things are rising or catching, etc. Right. They've got lots of extra bells and whistles that come with that. And obviously, you, you one hopes uh, a quality Longevity. experience as well. <laughs> yes. um, so, yeah, I guess we can ask in a year or two's time how our, yes. our winners I'm are sure doing with this. will tell us. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go back to the third listener feedback case you wanted to share with us before we go to the voice note about um, Black Friday. This is a long-standing case that's finally had some movement in the past week of Hillary and the Sand Parks refund. Just remind us, Wendy, where it all started. Okay. Hillary of Azerfontaine contacted us after trying to get a refund of 6,000 rand, not an inconsiderable amount, um, out of Sand Parks since January. We're <laughs> almost in December. She booked accommodation at Addo Elephant Park in mid-January this year for arrival in February. But... Within half an hour of making that booking, she realized she had booked the wrong accommodation. So she canceled that original reservation and immediately booked another one. So now she's paid twice, right? She, When she brought this to the attention of Sand Parks, they advised her to put her claim in writing, which she did. That was January. So that was January. And what then, just to cut a very long story short, what uh, happened next months. is that Hillary went back and forth and back and forth. Literally every month we received an update um, to say, you know, she, she was, they asked for the refund form. She submitted the refund form. They asked for proof of bank details. She submitted the proof they, of bank first details. First of all, they said could, a special form for international. She well, said she my wasn't. surname might be England, but I'm... South Africa. So it was this back and forth, backward and forth and no forward movement. And her comment to us by the time she wrote to us after many months of this was that I'm just so very frustrated by this non-interest, lack of customer service and general couldn't care less attitude shown by Sandparks. And yet they still want us to visit, which we will because we love to visit the game parks. It's not so much about the amount of money, but the fact that no one will take responsibility or try to assist. Now, Wendy, she was very passionate. She she only contacted us after many months of back yes, and forth. Yes, that's what I said too. Um, when you finally looked into it, what happened? Well, I took up her case with the. Uh, I looked through Sandpark's website. I looked for media liaison in um, the Edo region. I thought maybe that'd be a good place to start. My deadline on that media query came and went without acknowledgement. So I escalated to a higher up media liaison person that I have dealt with before. Turns out the original guy was sort of working on it, but he hadn't let me know. So mm. anyway, the upshot is that, and I didn't get this directly. I was just copied on the internal mails, which was quite interesting. But somebody in Sandpark's finance was asked to change a code from CNN to CFU, whatever that means. And voila, Hillary will be paid by tomorrow, apparently, and I've got a very good feeling that she will okay. um, because it, these were internal emails. It wasn't a sanitized thing to, to fob off the journalist asking awkward questions. Okay. Um, so I've asked Hillary to let us know. And then just a thought on this because my line of work um, tells me that this is a scenario which plays out in many, many organizations to the utter frustration and despair of their customers. 
And this is because no one is taking ownership of the issue to make sure that the right thing is done. So emails are bouncing around. I'm sure Hillary's emails were forwarded. No one came back to her, but in their minds, well, we're dealing with this, we're forwarding it, not following up to see what happened after I forwarded. Did that person sort them out? Is that, yes. I mean, I've said it so often. You need someone, call them what you want, and especially in large organizations, a consumer or customer champion who's part of their job is to pick up these, to be the person that, you know, when someone's emailing for the 10th time or for the fifth time or whatever it is about a genuine issue like this, you owe them 6,000 rand, hello, um, is is to... own that problem and see it through to finalization, see it through to getting a result for the customer as soon as possible. Um, yeah, um, those customers, uh, companies listening saying, well, we've got no budget for that, hello. I'd say, well, slice some of your marketing budget. It's worth it because this is marketing. This is the best possible yes. positive word of mouth if it's dealt with well. Yes. And the most destructive negative word of mouth if exactly. it's dealt with badly. I mean, and that's marketing. Exactly. And in, customer to customer. Yeah. Right. A bad experience can put someone off just through. I mean, it's the first, it's experience. It was her mistake, though, in this case. But then failure to deal with it month after month after month. I mean, most people would just be so soured by the experience that they just would never do business with that company again. again yeah. Okay, thank you for that. Um, so that's the updates we wanted to deal with. We've got some space for open line calls, and we're going to start with a voice note that came in about, I believe, a Black Friday experience. Let's take a listen. Hello, Pippa and Wendy. Uh, just a question regarding Black Friday specials. Um, take a lot advertised a Bluetooth speaker for 699 However, their hourly specials and the one for this particular brand was the Xiaomi, was at 6 p.m. and you got 20% off that price. But at 10 to 6 that evening, the price went from 6.99 to 1,099. So there was no real saving. In fact, you probably paid a lot more. Is that legal? Are they allowed to put their prices up, which is almost double? Okay, maybe not double, but almost double, um, from one price to the next because they're offering a special 10 minutes before it starts. Uh, I think that's daylight robbery because I'm sure, like myself, many people waited until 6 o'clock to get Mm. the extra 20% off that price. Of course, I didn't take it because I I felt like I was being robbed. But is that legal? I'm interested to know, and I'll keep listening. Thank you. From Althea in Hart Bay. So there's nothing about, Althea, about pricing around this sort of issue in the uh, Consumer Protection Act. It would be a case of misleading advertising that you would then be able to raise with the advertising regulatory board, and I strongly advise people to do this. It's, It's free. They don't proactively investigate anything. It has to be a consumer or a competitor complaint. Um, so I would certainly do that because then the whole thing gets aired. The the company, the retailer gets um, asked to give their side of the story and it, it all comes out. Mm. Makes for very interesting reading for the rest of us. What has happened in, in the past in this sort of case that I've taken it up with other retailers, not just take a lot, is they'll say, well, it is a... 20% or 70% or whatever um, discount because the listed price was. But it does. So we as consumers think that it was once sold at that price. So now this is a genuine uh, discount. 
but it doesn't have to ever actually have been sold at that at that price. It's what the listed price is. So as it comes from the retailer, or whatever, which to my mind makes these things very open to manipulation in terms of the discounts. And I've been saying this before Friday, before Black Friday, um, for quite a number of years. However, this case is very specific because they were selling it at a certain price. I don't know. They didn't say what saving, what percentage saving they claimed on that six ninety nine earlier in the day. Yeah. yeah, that would be interesting, and that would certainly give uh, make for a very good case to put to the ARB. Um, but it's certainly um, an unsavory practice, I would yeah. say. Um, wh- wh- whether it's found to be misleading advertising, I'm pretty sure it would be. But it's it's um, and as and and. In her case, and quite rightly so, she really wanted the product, but she felt so manipulated and um, mistreated, disrespected, bamboozled, whatever the word you want to use, a whole basket of them, that she just thought, I'm not not buying it at all, you know. Um, And and to say another, I would have to see the wording because... Sometimes the wording is so clever that it's actually accurate, but they know that the assumption being created is inaccurate. Is inaccurate. Yeah. So I must just preface what I'm, well, well, uh, counter what I'm saying with that. I would, I would really like to see that. Althea, if you're listening, please email us if you have any documentary evidence. I wonder if you took any screenshots, for example, that would be it's very another helpful. Good I suppose you didn't know to take the screenshots no, earlier in the day. But if anyone else did, because that would have been a, a, a very sought after deal that. Yeah. Okay, so if you do have any evidence or would like Wendy to take a look at the wording, Althea, if you had a a screenshot that you took, please do send that through to us uh, by email and we'll take a look. Uh, In fairness, I must also reflect a positive take-off message in from Vic, and this came in well before Althea's uh, uh, comment aired, so it's not like this is a a -a take-a-lot plant responding. Vic mailed me at 16 minutes past two to say what an amazing experience he'd had with take-a-lot. He said, I've already returned two T-shirts, the credit has been passed and was done within two days of dropping off. I also ordered a coffee machine from them late on Black Friday and it was already available on Saturday for collection. So Vic had a happy experience with Take A Lot on uh, Black Friday and uh, not so much Althea. Just mention yeah. as, as well that legally if you return something within that seven day cooling off period, that's the Electronic Communications and <coughs> Transactions Act, they give you a seven day cooling off period whereas I think Take A Lot is actually 30 days so they add to it and the act does say that you the consumer is required to to pay for the cost of sending it back via courier and take a lot absorbs take a lot that. group absorbs that cost so just to be fair um but yeah that's a different that's that's a a great service um and no doubt about it that's absolutely brilliant this is an issue of um allegedly manipulative pricing going on. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Just to deviate for a second, as traffic warning, there is apparently a fire burning on the N2 near Krabo at Cromco. There is a stop-go system in place, but the authorities have asked us please to let everybody know Please don't try and jump the queue by overtaking on the shoulder of the road. The fire is actually burning on the shoulder of the road. So if you attempt to do that, you are literally driving yourself through the fire line. Uh, If you're in that uh, stop-go delay, please just be patient. Don't try and uh, jump the queue because it's going to end badly for everybody. Uh, It's on the N2 near Krabo at Cromco. So please be aware aware of that if you are driving in that vicinity. Right, well, we had Sheila's 40-year-old Philips hand mixer. I will see you and raise you Adam's 41-year-old Rowenta toaster bought in 1982 and still working daily 
41 years later. That's pretty impressive. The average toaster these days doesn't last no, two years. No, not at so all. So 41 is quite impressive. I believe we've received another voice note that has a compliment to be paid as well. I hope we'll have time to fit that in before the end of the show. Can we get to it, Obi? Let's take a listen. Hi, Pip and Wendy. Um, I had amazing service at the Birkenstock shop in Somerset West a few months ago, and I wanted to send some praise to the head office to compliment the person who had helped me so brilliantly and I had exactly the same experience. The website had a lot of check boxes that you had to tick to get to the next stage and there were only issues of complaint. There was not a compliment one. So I eventually sent an email to a sort of generalized box saying, do you know um, your website doesn't help anybody send a compliment? And they were like, oh, wow, okay, we hadn't thought of that. (laughs) Um, So I think it is actually quite a common complaint. Thanks, it's Pippa. Thanks, Pippa, for that. Um, And yeah, I mean, firstly, let me say I love the fact that you took the time to try and send that compliment up the chain. Yes. That's fabulous. Because the person walking on the shop floor to be recognized and called out like that and held up as an example. Fantastic. And one hopes that people receiving that... Consider yes. that come Christmas bonus time, for example. Yes. Um, but there we go. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, interesting. So is that, that's the second person saying, hey, brands, please allow us the facility to contact you if we would like to pay a compliment as well as to complain about the things that go wrong. Okay, Wendy, I know you are passionate about fair treatment of older people in particular. Yes. So here is one for you. And it's probably one that is going to, I think, require some follow up. I'll read it to you as it came in, though. We are pensioners in our 70s and 80s. Because we did not opt out of a limited offer from Discovery, we've been charged in total 5,000 Rand for 15 months without any notification or emails. A Vitality agent called me and caught me off guard to participate in a free promo product for three months, which I agreed to. We didn't even use the benefits in that time. I think it's a ripoff. I've called Discovery Vitality numerous times to complain, but they refuse to resolve. And we feel we have a right to be refunded. Wendy, could you look into this for us? Now, a couple of things here, Wendy. Obviously, if it's uh, an offer accepted by a phone call, different rules apply to your regular shopping experience, for one thing. Yes. So she... The, the whole case hinges on the contents of that call, which mm. there would have to have been a recording. So that would be my first thing is to say, let's get the recording, get the yeah. recording and see. She first of all said it's because she didn't opt out. And then she said it was a, a marketing call, which isn't quite the same thing. So I'm guessing somewhere in that marketing call, the very strong impression give, was given that it's a three, a free three month trial or something yes, like that and then as always with anything anything free or promo that nearly <coughs> always if you then don't proactively cancel you it, it gets um you know automatically billed from there on um so the question for me would then be in that phone call how clear did that t- agent make it that after the three months, it didn't just fall away if they didn't choose to then sign up. Yeah. It would be, they would start billing if they failed to say, we don't want it. So um, it's all about that. Yeah. So how clearly did the, the agent what communicate was, what, the actual what terms was of the Was proper disclosure? Was the yeah. meeting of the mind around that disclosure? Okay. So to the person who sent that WhatsApp, please follow, if you would like Wendy to look into it and ask them for a copy of that call recording to investigate, please do send us an email. Obviously, we'll need your details 
to be membership able to request number. that your membership yeah. number uh, and her and specific um, excuse me Papa, her mm. specific um, uh, consent f- to for me to access the call access recording. because people, companies are getting quite tricky with poppy they'll hide behind it and say but it's personal information well your client has approached me as a journalist to take to this up it, but it's yeah. helpful if the person actually says I give you permission to investigate this with the company and, and for you to be given any information that pertains to this matter okay thank you so if you could please send that by email to Wendy she's consumer at nola.co.za spelled K-N-O-W L-E-R uh, and please put in the subject line Cape Talk Discovery Query so Wendy can keep an eye out for it okay if you send that through um, she will gladly uh, take a look and follow up on that one for you okay um, a couple of uh, comments okay so this is lovely a few people are now responding about the age of their appliances Marlene <laughs> is telling me I have a cookie and icing gun from Macro bought in 1982 for wait for it, the princely sum of three rand ninety nine <laughs> plus VAT of sixteen cents. So after four rand fifteen and forty years, it is still going strong. I think You've it was GST back in that. Yes, day. you're right. It might yeah. well have been. Um, and then a suggestion from somebody saying Google has a review option, so you can always pay a compliment there. I often search a company on Google and oh, read the very reviews good advice. before using their services, which is, I know, something Wendy asks everyone to try and do. Gladys has a fridge that she brought when she got married 70 years ago, oh. and it's still going. Gladys, what oh, brand of fridge? Tell us. Fridge is dear, probably. Us. Please tell us what brand of fridge. Can we squeeze in one last voice note as well? Hi there, Pippa and Wendy. I can see and raise both those people with the um, Philips. I have a little Kenwood Chef mixer, which I got as an engagement gift from my company I worked at. Um, I've now been married 43 years and it is still going. And I have a new one, a new Kenwood thing, which I am not happy with because it's got six speeds and all speeds are the same. Um, and this little jobby still just chugs along. Thanks a lot, Cheryl. Lovely. Thank you, Cheryl, for that. And long may the Kenwood Chef Mixer continue <laughs> operating <laughs> at all speeds. We're going to wrap things there. Wendy, as always, thanks for all the work on behalf of our listeners. Uh, to the person with that discovery complaint, please do pop through that email to Wendy and you're welcome to CC me in as well, if you like, on pippah at capetalk.co.za.